Welcome to Since You Didn't Ask with Andrew McNeil. I am Matthew Holbrook, and we are tackling a new question today. And so, Andrew, what is it for today? So the question for today is one that I am a little bit excited about, Matthew. It is, should I stare at a tree today? And you're excited about that. <laughs> so the reason I'm excited is that this comes from uh, a professor a long time ago at Wheaton College, and I was put onto this by uh, John Piper, and this professor had what he called 10 resolutions for mental health. And number one and number six are the interesting ones. Uh, let me read to you from number one. Number one says, at least once every day, I shall look steadily up at the sky and remember that I, a consciousness with a conscience, am on a planet traveling in space with wonderfully mysterious things above and about me. And then number six says, I shall open my eyes and ears. Once every day, I shall simply stare at a tree, a flower, a cloud, or a person. I shall not be concerned at all to ask what they are, but simply be glad that they are. And what I was hoping to do today, Matthew, is talk about the wonder and awe and amazement at how God made the world and how that can help us be, uh, kind of the modern term would be uh, mentally healthy or emotionally healthy. Um, So what do you think about that? So basically the idea is, should we stare at a tree and contemplate um, even how how it is that it exists, contemplate all that it is, contemplate the origins of of that tree, contemplate the God who made it, um, and allow that to lift our eyes to heaven, to um, be focused on the things above, and, and so forth. Being being that idea, and to look at the simple things of the world and not just walk by them or live um, with with um, taking them for granted. And um, yeah, I think um, I think that would be a super helpful thing if we're talking about this is in the context of what is good for our mental health and maybe even in the context of um, Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, that rejoicing in the Lord, if we can look at the small things in life and find joy in them because we find joy in in who made them and who sustains them. Um, yeah, I think that can be a helpful thing. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm not, I, I, the question's sort of purposefully provocative and interesting, but I, I don't know that necessarily you need to do exactly what he did and go stare at a tree in particular, but um, kind of the overall mindset when you read through, I think particularly of the Psalms um, and of Proverbs, it seems like there's a mindset of people who are indwelt by the Spirit and who know the Lord that they they marvel at creation. And I would maybe even say it's it's beyond just a, a, yeah, I appreciate it, or yeah, I'm grateful for it, to I think what what Kilby was getting at, and maybe what Piper's drawing out, is that there's a, a real deep sense of awe and wonder that things are the way they are. Um, I, think, I think it was G.K. Chesterton has this quote that um, we, we should be amazed that Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Maybe I'll have to go find it and edit it back in. Um, Something along the lines of, we shouldn't ask why uh, there's not apples of gold in the world. We should be amazed that apples are actually red and that grass is actually green and that God has 
strewn across the universe, all these incredible um, pointers to who he is, uh, to his power, to his majesty, to his beauty, to his, um, the depth of his imagination. Um, and that those are the opportunities for worship and for contentment and for joy. Um, I don't know, do you, do you think about this very much? Is it something that... I do when I am studying or preaching certain passages that point me to that. Um, and I do think that there is a lot of uh, spiritual health to be found in, in giving consideration to the glory of God in the simplicity of what, or I should say, in what we see as the simplicity of creation, but which is actually very intricate and magnificent. Um, Calvin uh, described creation as the theater of God's glory. Um, and that we should, if we were to just take a moment and take in the glory of God in the creation around us, um, it should bring us to our knees every time. And yet we walk on by with, um, complacency on a regular basis. Um, I think of, of even from an apologetic standpoint, uh, Cornelius, Cornelius Van Til would make the point in what he would call the transcendental argument that um, uh, the Bible is true because of the impossibility of the contrary, um, that it's impossible to explain the world absent mm-hmm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. And if we come back and you look at, if you look at a tree, I would put it that, that simple. If you remove the Bible from the equation, you have no explanation for that tree. Mm-hmm. And yet if you look at that tree in the context of what is revealed from the God of the universe in his word and consider the tree in that context, it should bring us to our knees. Um, so I, I, I think that in, the, in that sense where we are pulled into the glory of God, into the theater of his glory, and we, we see the world for what it is, um, as a as a representation of the glory of God, and that it calls us to worship, we're made to worship, and ultimately our joy follows in that. So, from a a spiritual health, mental health, emotional health standpoint, to take time to be intentional about that, I think, is a good and healthy thing. Okay, so I'm I have a a curveball on this one. I can tell I, by your face. I wasn't anticipating throwing this curveball, but you use the phrase spiritual health. And then I think the original article talks about mental health. Mental health is a huge phrase right now. Um, I don't know how far we want to get into it, but do you think that's a helpful label for believers? Uh, should we think more in terms of spiritual health? Uh, just, yeah, I don't know if we want to walk into that beehive. Yeah, I think but. that it's a, it's a complicated subject, obviously. Um, I think what we are most concerned about and what the believer should be most concerned about is our spiritual health. and. Sometimes, whether you want to call it, I, I refer to mental health and even emotional health. I think those are ultimately um, related to our spiritual health. Um, yeah, but but the, the end goal is spiritual healthiness. And Do so, you see those as distinct? I think that they can be. There are physiological reasons that can affect our mental or emotional well-being. And so I do want to leave room for those realities. Um, but... Hmm. Um, even within that, um, those the, the even a physiological impact on our mental health or on our emotional well-being is going to bleed into our spiritual healthiness, regardless. And so it all culminates in points to is a derivative of it's it's revolving around our spiritual health, and that is what is in the end most important. So 
Um, again, bringing it back to the topic, should you stare at a tree? I think the the greater our understanding is of who God is, the 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 greater will be our spiritual health and as a byproduct, our mental, emotional, psychological health, whatever you want to call it. I I always the. This this comes from your question comes from a um, a consideration of ultimately um, Piper shedding light on these resolutions, and um, I've always thought or um, been reminded of a great reality. Um, somebody once asked John Piper, "How do you address everyone's needs that might walk into your church on a Sunday morning and be able to preach in a way that's going to be applicable and practical for every person?" And uh, his response was, you know, if there's in his church, there'd be, you know, 6,000 people that would show up on a Sunday. And he says, if 6,000 people show up and each have four to five problems, I'm dealing with 25,000 plus problems uniquely to each person that walks in. There's no way I can address all of that in one sermon. But if I can lift their eyes to see God bigger, all of those problems become much smaller and I can address all of them. And so I want to proclaim the bigness of God. And if we can, uh, as individuals, see the bigness of God in the majesty of a, of a simple flower or a tree or something in God's creation, um, whatever we're struggling with can be put in its proper place. And so, yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a healthy thing for us to take the time to consider what God has made and to actually take in the wonder of, of that reality and be intentional about doing that at times. I think that's it excellent spot to to kind of summarize and wrap up what what we're trying to say it's that as believers we're on this constant search you could say to see god in his creation in his word um he has revealed himself both in what he's made and and particularly specially in what he has written to us in his word and so the more we can see that and appreciate that the more we we value we him and have joy in him um, and contentment where he's placed us and it even affects things like our vocation like the best people in their vocation are the ones that are endlessly interested in whatever it is that they're you know called to Um, and so it helps us become the type of people god has made us to be that love him and um, love to enjoy him in our lives yeah if i can just put some bible to that to underline all of this Second um, Corinthians three eighteen, and we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. The way that we're transformed, the way that we become more like Christ, is to behold the glory of the Lord. Um, John one fourteen says that the that um, we see the glory of God in the person of Jesus. Um, primarily, and as we see Jesus in His Word and behold that glory, we're transformed uh, into the into the image of Christ. Um, but also, we know from Romans one that all of creation reveals the glory of God. And so, um, as we can give consideration to and even worship as we see God's glory in His creation, um, creation being the theater of His glory, um, God uses that to transform us to be more like Christ. All right, well, let's close uh, this episode out with 1 Corinthians 10.31. So then whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, let it be done to the glory of God. We pray this was a blessing to you and an encouragement, and we'll see you next time.